In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, all the way from across the pond, the ghost finder general himself, the most haunted Richard Felix. Good afternoon, or should I say good evening, how are you? I am outstanding. Uh, Karen O'Keefe has finally left, and uh, so I'm catching my breath. In fact, I just walked into the uh, studio here just a few minutes before, in a few minutes, a few seconds before we went live. Yes, I was starting to panic. I thought I'd got it on my own again. Uh, Again? What do you mean again? Well, listen, it happened a few months ago. And if, if it hadn't been for Eric, who stepped in and told me all about the ghosts of the Alamo, um, but I must be honest with you, it's only happened once, but I've let you down more than once, haven't I? Wow, 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 wow. There you go. How was it with Kieran, then? It was interesting. I actually have to uh, make my little report on this thing, because uh, he was here for a fortnight, and uh, we, we put a lot into that two uh, weeks. It was uh, quite interesting, actually. Uh, we had, uh, you know, a couple of dinings with the deads. We had uh, a couple of ghost hunts, a cruise. You know, the cruise is really funny because we, believe it or not, uh, that was one of the early events. In, I think it was the first event, in fact, of uh, right. uh, his arrival. And we had this northeastern roll in. And uh, it was like, oh, my God, you know, is this going to happen or not? But I kept watching the radar all day long, and it looked like uh, the loop that it would be cleared out by the time the cruise, and sure enough, it did. So that, that was kind of neat, and uh, there was, you know, it was a foggy night and really spooky, and uh, it was a great group. We had a, we had a blast. In fact, there was a woman there. You'll love this. She had this dream, right? And in this dream, she kept seeing this uh, image and everything else and something about behind the wall, behind the wall. So what they did is they finally broke the wall down in her home, and they found the skeleton of an old woman sitting in a, in a wheelchair. No, no, no. You, 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 honestly. Honest to God. You're not, you're, wow. I'm not making this yes. shit up. Oh, can I say that? No, I can't. Oh, you just said it. been on the roof too said, long. And so that man immediately. So you're telling me that they actually, she was dreaming about this person behind the wall, and they d- genuinely found a, a skeleton in a, in a wheelchair. That's the story. 
Wow. That's that's fantastic. I mean, was the place haunted? It was. There was a lot of stuff going on, and uh, they didn't know what was happening. And this this girl had a oddly, her name was Ronnie, uh, just yeah. like mine, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she kept having this dream about this stuff, and uh, so finally they they broke the wall down. And when they broke the wall down, they found this like hidden room, and there was a an old lady in a, ske- a skeleton and a uh, wheelchair. That's fantastic. I need to know more. I want the address. Tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. Come on, Ron. I mean, this, if, if, that's, if that's real, which I presume it is. If that's um, real. What, what do you mean is that? Is that's real? You have little faith, Richard Felix. Listen, listen to Richard. We're such doubting Thomases. That's the trouble. That, that when we hear amazing stories like that we 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 never know whether to believe it or not that's i want proof i want to know more because it's that that's sort of the reason obviously why the house was haunted and i'd like to know if the hauntings now stopped now that the the, the body's been found yeah we it was a long story uh we actually uh she told us the whole story over the uh intercon of the boat not the intercon the pa system uh, and uh it was quite a long story, but uh, it, it was really interesting, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was quite amazed. Uh, uh, so, so am I. And, and not only that, I, I guess they actually found out who this person was. Of course, they would do, bound to. That really is a good, good one, that is, and I, I really genuinely would like to know uh, more about it. Um, in fact, wouldn't it be absolutely amazing if we could find the lady that, that, that was on the, on the, on the cruise? And get her on the show. I don't see why we can't. Ah, oh, that would be great. I have I have all the contacts, so there's, there's really no reason why we can't. Yeah, and the name's Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. See what Probably you can shot do. for Victoria, I guess, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See what you can do. That would be really something. For you, Richard, anything. You know that. God bless you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Except that write-up that will be in tomorrow. Oh, that'll do. Yeah, I, I virtually got into the uh, station here uh, just like seconds before uh, we went on the air. So it's been one of those days with Cameron gone, you know, just running around trying to tie things up. It's It's been unreal. Yeah, not a problem. Anytime. Okay, you, my friend. but I have more to report as well. Come on, man. Okay, we were at the Hooten Mansion in North Adams. Now, the Hooten Mansion is... is uh, an old, uh, well, mansion, basically owned by the Masons. Is the Masons Masonic Lodge there as well? And pardon me. We had the guy on a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? That's from, right. From That's hoop. absolutely right. And um, uh, we, in fact, it's in our book, Ghost Chronicles. It's our first visit there. Actually, the first time the, the mansion was ever investigated is in it. And, anyways. Um,
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to see it. And what does Kieran say about that? Uh, he's doubt, he's uh, cynical, of course, but once we bring the footage up, uh, he'll have to be eating his words. Absolutely right. <laughs> wow. And then also, uh, I was doing a, a uh, vigil in one of the rooms with uh, two lovely girls. You know, someone's got to do it. Of course they have, yeah. <laughs> so we were, it was uh, 3, 3.30 in the morning, and we were in this room, and uh, a door opened by itself. I, I was actually sitting on the floor uh, right inside of the door, and I saw the door just open right by itself. So it was bizarre, but I mean, okay, you say, okay, that's, that's something. So we, there was, one of them kept getting poked. So anyways, I made her sit in front of me, and uh, I got real close to her. Like I said, someone has to do it. And, uh, and we sat in the darkness, just waiting, waiting for things to happen. Uh, you know, not, not much chatter, just very quiet, listening to the house and see what the house has to say with us. And then all of a sudden, not the door that opened before, but another door opened slowly by itself, almost as if someone was walking in. We both expected someone to walk in, and there was no one there. Come on, that's fantastic. And it's not one of those doors that you can just like really open, you know, like a a slight breeze opens it. It was actually one of those ones with the sticky ones that you have to actually pull on it to open it. So that was really, really cool. So those, the the Hooten Mansion has lived up to his reputation as I'm concerned. It's one of the most haunted places. In fact, Karen called it the Holy Grail of haunted places. And that's not, that's That's quite a bit coming from him. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, so a good time was had by all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, it was just phenomenal, uh, you know. Uh, oh, uh, you know, of course, Karen does this great imitation of uh, Most Haunted. <laughs> With yes. Derek Acorer and Yvette Fielding and him, himself and a couple of the other ones. But I made him add you to that presentation because he had left you out. That's not good enough. No, not at all. Mind you, that's, that's how it often was on that program, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a riot, and it, it always got a big uh, round of applause. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, Sounds good. So, so what have you been up to, anyways? Me? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. I've forgotten. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I did, did something. I was up till uh, very late, uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, doing another another ghost hunt um, last week. Um Usual story, sitting, watching paint dry, I'm afraid. Not a lot happened. Really? Uh, funnily enough, a door a door opened slightly, um, but we're not sure what it was or why, but uh, no, nothing exciting. Um, I've got an interesting event on, on Saturday night, this coming Saturday, um, at a place called the Gladstone Pottery Museum. It's an old um, uh, pottery uh, factory. Really? In Stoke-on-Trent, yeah. Uh, and it, the place is absolutely full of, of silica, because as you probably know from my talks that, you know, bricks, brick kilns are made of silica. Um, obviously, the brick buildings are silica and all the ceramics, of course, that are in the building are also made of silica. <clears throat> very haunted. Uh, we did we did it a few months ago. We had a very, very, very good night, um, as we did on Most Haunted, because we did it. We did it on Most Haunted. Oh, you did? And, um, we, yeah, yeah, it was a good program. And we, we're going back again Saturday um, to try and find out a little bit more about it. 
But the amazing thing is that you, you know what a you know a bit like Kieran in a way. I'm a bit of a bit of a doubting Thomas at, at times. Bear with me one minute. I have a large dog, a large black dog running in here. One wait, minute. Wait, wait a minute. Save that for next week's show. I know. Well, that was one for this week. <laughs> that was my Labrador. Came charging in. Um, frightened me to death, actually. Uh, but, yeah, that's a plug for next week's show, of course, isn't it? Because we, we're doing black dogs next week, which should be interesting. Demon hounds, um, black dogs. Black dogs, yes. One of my favorite subjects. Um, and we've Absolutely got, my so, favorite. Absolutely my favorite. Yeah, we've got Dr. Simon Sherwood coming on next week, who's an authority on on harbingers of death, black dogs. So um, it's going to be a good one. Good one. But to where was I? Oh, yes, I was too. I was discussing uh, this place we were at, and we actually disproved one of the ghost one of the ghost events that happened there. You um, disproved a, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what it's all about. Um, there's um, a toilet um, museum in this um, pottery place, ceramic toilets, that sort of stuff. And people often hear one of the toilet seats um, in the museum um, slamming down. Anyway, we found out that what it is, it's the, it was the disabled lift. But when it gets to a certain position at a certain floor, it realigns itself and makes a slamming noise, which is absolutely identical to the noise of a toilet seat slamming. <laughs> so that's that one out the window. You see, oh, 8 out of 10 goes to be explained wrong. Bummer. Yeah, bummer. There you go. So when when you were on um, Most Haunted and they did this museum, you you were there at the time, correct? I was. Yes, indeed I was. So um, what what happened uh, at that time? Oh gosh, um, things flew across the floor, uh, <laughs> stones uh, and things happened. Uh, a light bulb actually. We were doing a séance in uh, in one of the rooms, which is reputedly very haunted, and um, a light bulb flew across the room and smashed itself just behind Stuart Torreville. Um, and it made everybody jump. And we really? all yelled. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It was a very interesting show. Enjoyed it a lot. And the, the, there's no doubt in my mind, it is, it is quite a haunted place. So, uh, I'm going back on Saturday night to do a rerun, to do, uh, okay. see if we can uh, prove or disprove any more of the ghosts of the building. So, it should be interesting. And we've still got places if anybody's interested. Oh, where, where can they sign up? They can sign up by contacting uh, DarbyJail.com. That's G-A-O-L, DarbyJail.com, and they can book online. That's a so, nice little plug for me, isn't it? So sweet. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, that's the cool thing. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of, like, the famous places have been done over and over and over and over again. And when you get something that's a little different and a little cool, I, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's really, really good. I mean, it's just, I, I don't, it's just to have a place that's not over and done, something that's a little unique, it's not the same thing all the time. I think it's, you know, great. That's exactly what we try and do. We actually try and, and look for places that, that other people aren't doing um, because that's the nature of our business which is a very good cue for us to bring in my very special guest tonight. Oh, you have a guest tonight. Because I have a very special guest tonight. It's my eldest son, Ed. Ed Freeland. Good there, evening. Ed? I'm here. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, Ed. Sorry about keeping you waiting, but, you know, Richard and I can go on forever. Well, unfortunately, I've had 30 years of it so far, so I've got used to it, Ron. <laughs> so, um... Ed, uh, you, uh, I understand you're a bit of a skeptic, I think. 
I'm, af- I'm afraid so, yeah. Uh, differing to uh, the way Dad is a little bit, um, yet he can be sceptical at times, but unfortunately uh, I take even more convincing than he does. Really? And he does all the ghost walks, Rob! Okay, okay, well, how do you, I mean, okay, how can you do ghost walks, right, and be a skeptic? I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, and then they hear, yeah, there's a ghost, they say there's a ghost here, and he'll scare the crap out of yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Um, I've always said it's a little bit like selling apples and pears, you don't have to like fruit to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's down to intrigue, Ron, to be honest with you, even though I'm very sceptical about it. I, I am intrigued and interested, and, and even if I might be skeptical, more sceptical than, than a believer, I, I'm still of the opinion that there is definitely something out there. So you, you're not total, you're a skeptic, but you're still a believer? Absolutely. I, w- I would say I've got, I would say I'm 60% skeptic, 40% believer, but, uh, the more and more that I'm getting involved in this sort of thing, the more I'm swaying towards being a believer than a skeptic. Mm. We'll get him there in the end, Ron. Well, One let, let me ask you this. I mean, you, you grew up in a ghost household. How do you become a skeptic when you're growing up in a ghost household? <laughs> well, I, I can remember as a child living, living where mum and dad had the, the, the 17th century farmhouses, always being frightened of the the attic and, and the dark rooms that were up there and everything else. But, you know, I think that was more of a childish fear of, of, of the dark more than anything else. But but I, I, I was always intrigued by the ghost world, but never, not, not as intrigued as, as I suppose Dad has, with, with Dad having a, a phobia of ghosts since he was five years old. I, I was never as bad as that. But I think as I've, I've grown up a little bit more, um, the sort of, the interest has kicked in probably more of a, I'm more of a later developer, I suppose, as far as, you know, the ghost world as, as, as dad is. But, um, as I say, I think give it another few years and, and maybe I'll be sat here saying completely different and saying I am now a hundred percent believer, but I've still not seen anything. I suppose that's, that's the main reason I'm of the opinion. I have to see it to believe it. And as yet I've, I've never seen what, could appear to be a ghost. I've, I've seen a few things, but most of the time I've rationalised it and, and found a logical explanation. But I still, I still need to see that 100% full-blown apparition uh, appear in front of me and walk through a wall and everything else. As yet, it hasn't happened. Well, you know what? And, and I'm sorry, Richard, but... Uh, oh, you carry on first. It, it, it's just that I hear that so often. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I, unless it happens to me... I really, you know, really not going to accept that and everything. But, you know, how often do you look for it? I mean, if you really want it to happen to it, you've got to go out and do it a lot. It's as simple as Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yep, very it's true. Just, and I, 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 I think it's the fact that I think if you, if you look for it too much, then I think you're almost working against, you know, seeing something. Because uh, as we've always said, you've got to be relaxed. You've got to be open-minded. That you know, The more chance of of experiencing something if you are more relaxed. So I think the last time I've ever gone to see anything is if I'm conducting a ghost tour because at the end of the day I'm not relaxed, I'm, I'm switched on, I'm thinking about what I've got to talk about um, and then I don't think I'm going to see it then. But maybe in, in other situations when I'm more relaxed then, you know, may, maybe I will. Saying that, I'll probably fall asleep and wake up in the middle of the night tonight and something will be at the end of the bed and that will teach me a trick or two. <laughs> should be so lucky but i'll tell you what the only thing is 
Ron, you see, the thing is, as, as you quite rightly say, you know, the number of people that say, until I've actually seen it, I won't believe it. But, of course, uh, my argument to that is, but, you know, I haven't actually been around the world to prove that it's not flat. But I do, right. but I do believe what people tell me. Uh, because, you know, people have witnessed a, 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 a world cruise and gone around the world and... And have come back, you know, haven't fallen off the edge. And I believe them. And yet the fascinating thing is that, like, like you just said to me at, at the beginning of the show about this lady um, uh, with, the, with the ghost, um, uh -huh. you know, the, the lady found behind the wall. My first thoughts were, as I said to you, you know, I want proof of that. You know, what, why? Why can't I take as face value what that lady has said to you? But we don't. And I, I cannot understand why it is with, with the ghost business and the UFO business. That for some reason, when people tell us things, we poo-poo it. We just don't believe it. And, and I wish I could get to the bottom of why we're like that. But we are. Most of us. Even me. I, I right. think it's difficult. You know, what, you know what, Richard? It, I, don't, I don't know. It just, it just seems... Well, you, you just got to get involved in it. That's the whole thing. I mean, yeah, every, every day people right. see ghosts all the time. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they've had paranormal incidents, and and like you said, they rationalize. Like Will said, they rationalize it. Uh, yeah. it you know, it, that's what happens. We just say, "Oh, that was that," and it just it goes away, and we never think about it. Now, let, let's take a look at the glass swirling, for instance. Uh, you know, I, I do the glass swirling, and I have good results with it. Okay, and yet I can have other members of my team will do it, and, and the thing will barely move. Now, is it me moving the glass? No, because uh, like you, in which you taught me, by the way, you take your hands off it and let other people do it, and sure right. enough, it still moves. But I think it's that, that the more you do it, the more the spirits recognize that you're there to contact them, and they're more open to you as you to them. And so I we think that's why I can get good results, and, and other people can get good results. Yeah, you're right. Now, the funny thing is, as you just said uh, to Ed, you know, about you've got to get out there and get into it. Now, of course, you see, this is exactly what Ed does do, because not only does he do, you know, nearly all the ghost walks now around, around Derby, and he's now started doing them in Leicester as well, but of course he also conducts an awful lot of overnight vigils in, in Derby Jail. Right. Um, so he's out there uh, in the forefront of, you know, of the battle, if you like. But, yeah. Ed, things have happened to you, haven't they? Oh, they have, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, you know, you're talking about the glass situation and everything. I've seen glasses fly around tables on, on numerous occasions. Um, and yes, part of me thinks it is, like Ron's just said, is somebody moving it. But no, you get each person to take the hand off and, it, and it's still moving. You know, you, you, you cover all eventualities and it, it, does, it does work. But, but I've always been of the opinion that, that if a, a spirit is doing that and moving that glass, why go to such an effort to move a glass around a table or to do that, when, when they could perhaps give us more definite proof. But uh, then again, are we supposed to know? That's the thing. Okay, you know. can I answer that? Yep, of course you can. Glass swirling is very unique. And I think the reason why it's, it's first of all, it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. Yep. It's, it's not nothing new. This, is, this was really, goes way back. I know, uh, I, I know this guy that went on one of my uh, ghost hunts, and he was telling me his grandmother used to do it years at home. They never even thought anything about it. It was just something that they did. And that's the way it goes back for years and years. 
But the reason that glass swirling works, and perhaps something else doesn't work, is that we provide energy for the spirits to do their thing. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. when I do the glass swirling thing, and I always say to the spirits, I says, please use our energy. We give mm-hmm. it freely as long as you mean us no harm. And, and, and that's why I think that you can get good results in it, because yes. you are given spirit energy to do uh, what it is. Definitely, definitely. Uh, out of all the, the various um, paranormal investigations, my personal favorite is using the glass as well, because you get such fantastic results. And, and again, I agree with you. I think the, the energy side of it, you know, combining the energies of the people that are involved in it and the energies of the spirits, that's when you get it to work. So I, I, that's my personal favorite as, as far as that's concerned. And I have seen it fly around tables and, and do all sorts of amazing things that, that there is no logical explanation for. Especially if, if I'm conducting one of these overnight events at, at, say, the Derby Jail or whatever, if I'm not involved in it and I'm watching a group of people that have paid good money to come and do it and it's working and I think to myself, well, why would they trick themselves? Exactly. You know, if I'm there and, and it's moving, then I would benefit from faking it. So if I'm not involved and it's moving, then they're not going to trick themselves. So again, there has to be something in that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, went, I, I was a co- uh, asked to accompany another ghost hunt group, uh, NEPI, Tony uh, Antolini's group. And we went up to the Sugar Hill uh, Inn, I believe it was up in New Hampshire and everything. And I introduced them to glass swirling. And they were amazed by it, right? And, and, and we did all kinds of stuff as usual. It was cool. And then yep. after I left, I left like after three in the morning, I forget what time it was, but uh, after I left, they went back in and they did their own session just to make yep. sure it wasn't me pushing the glass around. And guess what? They still got good results. I know. Exactly. I know. That's the beauty of it. That's the amazing yeah. thing about it. it. It is real. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, Ed, you have had experiences yourself. Uh, you I, say I, you're a step, and you know, but... Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, I've, I've heard things and, and I've smelt strange smells and bumps and bangs and things, um, you know, as I say, I haven't seen anything as, as far as I know uh, that I believe to be something paranormal. But, yeah, I've, I heard footsteps uh, in the Derby jail in November last year, uh, which freaked me out because I was the only person in the building. And it was clear as day. It wasn't somebody upstairs. It wasn't somebody walking past the building. It, it was in there. Whatever I heard was, was in the building with me. Um, the thing that bothered me the most was the corridor that I heard the footsteps walking down uh, was the corridor that my, my dad saw a ghost walk down, uh, which was also in November uh, a few years ago. So whether there is a link between what dad saw, what I heard, uh, being in the same corridor in the same month, and I have to say it was at the same time of the day, half past three in the afternoon as well. Um, and you were on the I, phone. Yeah, and I was still on the phone at the time as well. As um, I was. Yeah. Exactly the same situation, only the fact that, that Dad saw a grey misty figure. I heard something walk down there. But the silly thing is, is the fact that I'm saying I'm more sceptical than a believer. I'm frightened, and I'll admit that that frightened the life out of me. I actually left the building, left the lights on, and got in the car and drove away. Um, so, you, so you are Richard's son, then? I am, yes, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, the genetic side of the fear kicks in as well, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's something out there. It's just, I, I don't know what it is, and I don't know whether I'm ever going to see anything. But the amount of people that I've spoken to, you know, I've been doing this 
Well, well, you're going to have yeah. to hold on. We are taking a break right now. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kowick. Our special guest is Ed Felix, and we'll be right back after the following messages on Net, Pararex, and beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Bear X family. Imagine the mixture of horror and relief you would feel upon discovering that what you thought was a life threatening tumor in your brain was, in fact, a worm. A woman in Arizona was experiencing classic symptoms of a brain tumor, including blurred vision and numbness in her arm. After two emergency room visits and a clear CAT scan, doctors were stumped. When they took a closer look at an MRI, they noticed something deep down in her brainstem. The woman was scheduled for surgery immediately, and doctors began the procedure to remove what they thought would be a tumor. Instead, they were shocked to find a worm. The surgeon removed the worm from her brain, and the woman made a full recovery. Doctors say that many conditions, such as eating uncooked pork or not washing your hands properly after using the bathroom, can lead to worms entering your internal system. And in a remarkable 2008 story from Colorado Springs, Colorado, a fully developed infant foot was discovered in the brain of a newborn baby who was being operated on for a life-threatening tumor. Doctors explain that it is not uncommon for the type of tumor present to be tissue, most often muscle, hair, or teeth, from an undeveloped fetal twin. It is extremely rare for the tissue to develop this far. The foot was recovered and the infant was expected to make a full recovery. Some medical maladies from Varla Ventura's new book, Beyond Bizarre, Frightening Facts and Blood-Curdling True Tales, available now wherever books are sold. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. What do you think of that, Richard? That was, you, you hit, the only word is, is, is bizarre. Um, but, I mean, it just goes to show that we really don't know ooh, what, what's, what's going on. Uh, never mind out there, but in there. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, God, I mean, it was, did, did she say it was a... A fully developed foot. Foot. F double O T. F double O T. Yes. That is just absolutely unbelievable. And again, you know, it's obviously true. Um, but I've heard of other, you know, terrible things like, as I say, things with with hair and teeth and and, and all sorts of things um, growing inside. Oh no. Um, yeah. What I, I want. I, I just wonder how. People, I, I hate to say it to bring the religion up again, Ron, but I, I just wonder how 
um, you know, very religious people would would, would um, explain things like that. That's called uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Natural. Uh, you know, religion. How can I say this? I, I know you're not a big religious person, where I am, but religion has nothing to do. Wow, how do you say this? How, how do I say it? But yeah. it basically, it's we're allowed to happen. Our, our life are allowed to happen through free will, yada yada, and a lot of other things. So that's yeah. how it's happened. It's not that someone's smitten you or, or someone is uh, punishing you or rewarding you. It, it's just that it's it's played out, and, it, and that's what whatever. There you yeah, go. I, I'm I inclined to agree with you. I mean, funnily enough, I, I, I won't I promise you not to get onto the religion side of things, but I, I must be honest with you that you know the word religion is 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 a slightly different thing because you know I would think that. That most people have some form of religion anyway. Uh, it may not be Christian. It may be something else. And right, I have exactly. To with you. I'm I'm tending. To, I mean, I'm Church of England. You know, I was baptized. Um, I I go to, I go to church on Christmas Eve and and sing Christmas carols. Um, but but I tend to be going over more and more to the sort of pagan sort of things where we are at one with 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 the earth. Um, yeah, and that's a religion, isn't it? So. Uh, but there we go. Enough, enough. But again, the fastest growing religion in England, I don't know whether it is in America, is funnily enough the spiritualist church. I would, I, that would not surprise me. But anyways, uh, going back to the, those bizarre facts, that's actually going to be a regular feature of the show from now on. Wow. So which is, which, stay tuned every week for some more weird crap. That sounds good to me. Sounds very good to me. But I was, I was about to, to actually say, although Ed has not had... Many experiences, although it, yes, and I mean, remember, I'm, I'm, I'm also a skeptic that believes in ghosts. Um, Ed, <coughs> although he said, you know, nothing really happened in, in our house, um, he, he is wrong, and I'm sure he can remember when he was uh, <laughs> ripe old, the ripe old age of 22, uh, when yeah. something rather bizarre happened to Ed. Uh, am I right? Yeah, afraid so. Um, I remember. And still a beans uh, kid. Yeah, coming coming home from university one summer and uh, not wanting to uh, be anywhere near mum and dad as far as the bedroom situation was concerned because I'd had six months away from home living uh, the free life. So I, I moved up to the the attic room, which was the one I'd always been frightened of as a kid. But, of course, I was now now, now grown up and it wasn't an issue. Uh, and the first I night was of, frightened of it as a kid. That, well, I was, I was frightened of it up there. I was frightened because... My snooker table that I had up there, the balls used to be moved around, um, and I was used to think it was Dad interfering with the table, which it wasn't because he doesn't like playing snooker. Um, huh. But the first night, first night of staying on, uh, staying up there after coming home from university, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had the covers ripped off me, um, and I panicked and I, I ran downstairs and I'll admit I spent the rest of the night. Uh, in bed in between my mum and dad at the ripe old age of 22 uh, because of what happened upstairs. But I don't know what it was, but it, the covers were ripped off me. What, was it sleep paralysis and my arms were pinned to my side and I panicked and kicked them off? I, I have no idea, but at the time it felt to me like something ripped the covers off me in the bed. Wow. You heard it first on Ghost Chronicles. <laughs> And if anybody's listening that knows me, you didn't hear any of that. <laughs> How about that, Ron? 
Okay, that's cool. Now, I mean, I think it's really cool, but what about Julia? We don't we leave her out of this. Why? why? Uh, this is where Ed gets his skepticism from. Okay, let, let's hear about Julia. For those who don't know who Julia is, it's, it's Richard's charming wife. And she just does not do ghosts. Uh, as, as you know only too well, when we were over with you last year for, for three weeks, um, she is... She, she was religious <laughs> till, till, she, till she got involved with me, but she, she, she used to go to church, and, and she just does not believe... In fact, she's got to the stage now where she actually states, you know, um, there is nothing afterwards, absolutely nothing. Once we're dead, we're dead. And the number of times that, you know, both Ed and I and Wills have heard her say that. Um, she is really? a totally... Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing in it. There's nothing there. Once we're dead, we're dead. And I said, this is, this is awful because, you know, you, were, you once were religious. Well, not religious, the wrong word, but you went to, went to church regularly, was confirmed, uh, everything. Um, and she's really gone away from, from, from all of it, including, but ghosts, no, no, she does not, um, well, she had, she doesn't have any, no. doesn't want to know. Completely, as far as she's concerned, you know, the book stops as soon as you die and that's it. And she just doesn't believe in ghosts and she, she finds it slightly strange that I'm <laughs> devoting so much time and effort uh, to, well, to trying to prove what it's all about um, because she just, She's a skeptic, um, and I think to a certain extent that's obviously because Ed's obviously lived with both of us for, for you know two uh, two thirds of his life up to now, uh, and um, has, has got a bit of both in him. Obviously, you know uh, Julia's skepticism and and my my interest. I think is is, yeah. is the best way of putting it. Um, but when when it happened, when it happened, she was she was obviously she didn't kick him out of the bed. <laughs> or anything like that, and she was supportive, obviously, of what happened. But I mean, it, it really did have quite a, a an effect on you, didn't it, Ed? Oh, it did. I I, I moved out the bedroom and came back down yes, to my original bed. Never went back into that room again. Um, and and, and it's a, if I can explain to you, it, it, the, the 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 building goes back to 1690 uh, and was a farmhouse, and the the it's got three floors. It's got a cellar and then three floors. And the top floor has been turned into a, you know, what was a, a, a very pleasant uh, students, um, um, teenagers uh, suite, if you like, three rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it was originally the the attics with separate staircase on the outside of the farmhouse um, for the farm workers to, to sleep in at, at harvest time and what have you. So, so people lived and loved and died up, upstairs in, in our attics. There's no doubt about that. And, and although I've told you on frequent occasions that, you know, I don't believe our house to be haunted, that that top floor is the only area that I would say was, what's the word I'm looking for? Possibly something might be there because we have a, um, a little room that we call the tank room uh, where we keep the rubbish and the junk and that sort of stuff. And the light's always on. It doesn't matter how many times I go up there and switch the lights off, you go back upstairs and the damn lights on again. But other than that, the only other thing that ever happened is, as Edward explained, someone seemed to be playing with Ed's snooker balls on, on the snooker table. Um, and he, he used to complain to me about it, and that was it. So he went upstairs, he took over, he went in there, he fled. And then the funny thing is that younger son, William, took over straight away, didn't he, Ed, from you? Yep, yep. 
They, oh, they have never had nothing. How nothing long did he happened. last? Um, he was Some... up there for quite a while. He never had any issues, really. The only thing he did have was that one night he actually woke up and found himself being held in the bed, which, of course, Kieran would be only too pleased to, to, to announce to everybody that that's what's called sleep paralysis. Yeah, oh, hag syndrome. Yeah, which, which it could be. Yeah. You know, the, the interesting thing, though, I mean, you do ghost work. Now, how long have you been doing ghost work, Ed? Ten years now. Ten years, okay. Yeah. And, and yet, you never believed in this stuff, but you still had unique experiences. I mean, it, it's kind of an oxymoron, don't you think? Very much so, very much so. I, I've had some very interesting stories from people um, that have had experiences that, that there is no reason for them to make up the stories. You know, I've had people tell me various stories that, that have caused them to burst into tears when they're telling me the story. So, you know, the, the stuff I've heard is, is very, very interesting. But I suppose it's the fact, like I say, it's, it, it, I believe a lot of what I hear, but but there's still that that element of needing to see it or experience it for yourself. And it may never happen. No, it may never happen. That's the, that's the thing. But again, it's a shame, really, that um, I mean I don't think in any. Well, I know for a fact that there is, in no way does Ed ever disappoint his public uh, on the ghost tours and the walks because he he does an extremely. Um, entertaining um, and fact-filled, you know, history and, and, and ghost tour of, of the city of Derby. Um, you know, in, in other words, he's a chip off the old block or a block off the old chip, one of the two. Um, <laughs> and, and he certainly, but again, it, it is, it's, it's amazing to find, you know, it's rather unique, I would think. To, to people people often comment as well. You, I get a lot of people commenting saying, I actually find it more interesting that you do this for a living and yet you are more of a skeptic than a believer. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I could completely make up a load of stories and tell everyone that I've seen this, that and, and everything else. But I don't think there's any future in that, really. We, we actually have a question for the uh, TojiNet chat room from uh, Ghost Girl. Uh, and this is for Ed. Has anybody ever been scared witless on a ghost walk? Uh, yes, <laughs> because this is the interest. The interesting thing is, is, is having done a commercial ghost walk for the last ten years, you would never expect paranormal things to happen on a commercial ghost walk, uh, and they do. Um, right. And of course, people sometimes think it's a setup, and it isn't. Um, I actually had a, a, a lady um, something grabbed the back of her hair and physically pulled her across a room only a couple of weeks ago. Um, which which she completely lost the plot when it happened. She burst into tears and she fled out of the, the cellar where we were at the time and, and, of course, blamed me afterwards, thinking I'd got somebody hiding in the corner pulling her, uh, and I hadn't. So, um, yeah, that, that, that bothered her. So, yeah, we've had quite a lot of things happen over the years. I mean, how do you deal with that? I mean, it, 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 for instance, uh, we've done some ghost hunts. Well, uh, David Wells was here about two years ago, and there were a couple of people that really had problems with spirits attaching with. And, and I guess yeah. that never happens over in the UK. I mean, you don't, you don't have uh, problems with spirits attaching themselves to uh, any people from the uh, ghost walks. I, I had it happen once, actually. We'd done um, a, a ghost event at a, a place called Dudley Castle, which was where... Oh, that's a good one. 
Yeah, first ever Most Haunted Live was filmed there. We were doing yeah. an event um, in in the uh, the Undercroft, which was um, sort of you know the most active area. Uh, we were conducting a séance, and the sort of first rule of thumb was for nobody to break the circle. If they felt uncomfortable, let us know, and and then we would stop. And unfortunately, this lady started to uh, to panic and just broke the circle and ran out the room. And I was obviously a little annoyed with her as was everybody else. But the, the unfortunate thing was the following morning on the business phone, I had an answer phone message from this woman saying that she, she fled the place. She'd gone home. Uh, she'd got into bed, managed to get to sleep and halfway through the night was rudely awoken by the bed lifting off the floor in the middle of the bedroom. Um, and as I'd said to her before we even conducted the sounds, do not break the circle because there is a chance if you break the circle that something could follow you home. And, um, she obviously had something follow her home because the bed was lifting up uh, in the middle of the bedroom with her and her husband in it. And they thought that maybe the dog had gone underneath the bed. And said, unless, <laughs> unless it's a superhuman dog, madam, I think you'll find that it probably wasn't. And um, she actually had to have somebody come in and, and bless the house. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, we, we've, that's the only occurrence I know of so far uh, where somebody has, I, I believe... Was that, um, Ed, was that on a, on a city centre or was it a Derby jail goes for? Oh, Dudley Castle. Oh, Dudley Castle, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You see, the, the thing is, Ron, that, uh, funnily enough, at the end of every walk that, that I do, and I think I, don't, I think Ed may do it as well, I always say to people, please don't worry. I hope you've had a good night. Bloody, bloody, bloody. Uh, please don't worry because the chances of a ghost following you home are very remote. Uh, and then I say, but girls, don't look in the mirror on the way home, just in case. <laughs> But I oh, also, you're, a, you're a bad one. You're a bad one. Well, listen, <laughs> but the only thing I will say is that, that in, in the case of a place like Derby Jail uh, and other jails, of course, around the country, and, and remember that T Dudley Castle also in the dungeon area where, where Ed was, was, was once used as, was obviously a jail, a dungeon. And sometimes, and I do say this to people at, at Derby Jail, that do remember that, that these spirits that are actually trapped or believe themselves still to be in prison or still to be in jail, when those doors open and everyone leaves, there is just the slightest possibility uh, that something might leave with you. And, and I do believe that because um, I, I actually um, know a guy that runs another jail uh, called Bodmin Jail, which we did the most haunted there, name's Simon, and he was telling us, and I think Ed was with me at the time when, when this guy was mm. telling us the story of a man who came to visit the jail, uh, uh, visit Simon at the jail, went back home to uh, about 100 miles away, and pulled into the drive, uh, got, it, got out of the car, and as he went in, the, his wife said, who did you give a lift home to? And he said, don't be silly. She said, and she got a little bit strange with him because obviously he, 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 she didn't think he was telling him the truth, you see. She says, who had you got in the car? And he said, I haven't got anybody in the car with me. I came back alone. And then things started to happen in the house for about two days. And he was of the genuine opinion that something had actually followed him home in the car. And in the end, in desperation, he actually got back in his car, sat in, sat in the driver's seat with the, the passenger's door open, and asked whatever it was that had come with him to get back in the car. He then slammed the door shut and drove all the way back, 100 miles back to Bodmin Jail and went back into the cell where he'd been with, with this guy, Simon, and 
hoped that he'd actually taken it back. Really? Because something, something had followed him out of the jail. Yeah. Hmm. And his wife Blake, thought, you know, thought she, he'd brought somebody home that, that she, he didn't want her to know about. She saw a figure sitting in his passenger seat from the jail. Now then, so, so ew, it, it is possible. It is possible that they can in very special circumstances, especially from prisons, because the gates are open, the doors are open. You know, let's get out quick. Let's leave. Let's get in this car and go home with this guy. Not a nice thought, that. Yeah, it's not. But, you know, I, I did want to mention one of the things. I know we were talking about the glass realm before, and I meant to bring this up. But, uh, you know, at the end of the night, after you do a ghost hunt, uh, I know we do, but I don't know you do. But we, we talk about the evening and what happened and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, this goes back to the glass whirling thing. But there, Karen was there, and he asked, uh, well, you know, what were the experiences? And, and of course, I, they said, which which floor had the, you know, you felt you had the most activity and, and was the thing. And, of course, they all picked the second floor, and that's where I was doing my glass rolling stuff and everything. And, and so... Uh, somebody stood up and says, yeah, you know, I was there doing that glass swirling, and uh, I really didn't believe it. I thought it was a whole pile of crap, but then I saw the way it was taken off, and, and, and you know, not, you'd have to be in cahoots to have it move like that. So I, I think it's stuff like that that, that makes people uh, a little bit more believers than, yes. you know, <laughs> for instance, that taking the ghost home like you did and then an experience like that. It's It's all these little things that that put that doubt in your mind that maybe there is something in the... Uh, Add up to, you know, yes. there, there is definitely something there. And again, Ed, like me, over the last, you know, 10 years, and me, 17 years of doing it, we talk to people all the time. You see, our, our ghost walks are not scripted in any way. Uh, we're out for three hours with these people, uh, and we, we, we go into the pub with them and have a drink with them, and, and then they have a supper with us afterwards. And we're forever talking to them, and they're forever not only asking us questions, but also giving us their ideas, their opinions, and, of course, their ghost stories. And, and both Ed and I, you know, have learned so much, really, from, from listening to people. Um, and the thing is that when, when they, they tell you their story, they could have been listening to the person telling you their story last week or the week before or last year or 10 right. years ago. They're so similar, Ron, that there is, there is definitely something in it. And, and I'm, I'm sure that Ed... Would, would agree with me when when I say that. You know, there's there's too much evidence from people, and yet there is no evidence. Mm. That it's, it's very true, and, and like you say, the other thing is you you get different people uh, telling you the same story about the same place and having had the same experience as well. So you know, it, it's the, 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 there's no such thing as coincidence, as far as I'm concerned. There, there has to be, you know, even though I'm saying I'm skeptical, there has to be something in the stories that you get from people, especially if they are, you know, people that are telling you about their home or the place that they work. You know, there's no benefit, you know, advantage for them to tell, to make that story up. You know, if the pub landlord tells me his pub's haunted, do you want to bring 30 people in and tell the story right, and they'll right. all buy drinks? Then yes. I'll think, yeah, right, whatever, you know, get on your horse and off you go. But if somebody says they live in a house that's haunted, well, what, what's the reason for them making it up? You know, if they say do you want to get your dad and, and, and someone else to come and investigate it? And then they go, yeah, right, whatever. But if they're telling me that story in their house, and if they're saying they've got problems, then I think there has to be something in that. I actually have another question from the uh, Tojinet chat room, and this is actually is for me, believe it or not. 
Um, hey. This is from John. He says, Ron, have you ever, have you ever get scared to investigate a haunted place? So I'm, I don't think he's asked me if I get scared during an investigation. I think it, 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 if I've ever come across a place that was too scary to investigate, and I, I don't think so. And I, and I think you would, even though you're afraid of ghosts, I don't think you would find a place that's too scary to investigate. I mean, because that's what we do, right? Yes, I was uh, so, so right. Um, uh, let's be honest. Although, you know, I'm, I'm a, not a believer in the scare factor. I, I, I like it to be, yeah, I don't believe that ghosts are there to scare us. Uh, uh-huh. I'm scared of it. But, but I, yeah, the more scary the place, the more, of a, the more of a challenge it is for all of us. There's no doubt about that, but both for Ed and for me, and, and I'm sure for you as well, Rob. Uh, right. we, there's, no, there's definitely no place that we wouldn't, that we wouldn't go into. Uh, but the, I'm sure there might, I don't know about you, but for me, there would be places that I wouldn't want to go into alone. I was just, just about to say that. That's the I, I, you know what, Richard? I would absolutely love to investigate places alone. Really? I couldn't, some places I couldn't do that. But, but the only problem is that you, you would have almost no verification of anything. Uh, so, uh, it, it, and plus, you know, the more eyes, the, the more you can see. So, it, it, yeah, I, I would love to do that. I would love to go really? into just, you know, on with an IR camera and just walk into a place and, and yeah. investigate it. I, I think the place that, that, you know, tagging on with what Dad's just said about doing places on your own, I, I was in San Francisco a few weeks ago, and I visited Alcatraz for the first ever time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know whether you'd get me on that island on my own. <laughs> it yeah, did you, not... you know, but, you know, I, I mentioned that, but I, I do want to add this to it, too, is that it is absolutely not the right thing to do to investigate places alone. It's absolutely yeah. the wrong thing to do. And Definitely. I don't recommend that to anyone. So I, I no. do want to add that to it, too. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ron. The fact that, as you say, especially with one pair of eyes, you know, that you can't verify stuff as much as a, a bigger group of you. I think that, and and tagging on to what you said earlier, the energy thing. The more people you've got there, the more energy you can draw upon. Then the more chances there are that something's going to happen. Right, and and the other thing, of course, is, is the safety factor. I mean, yes, if you're going course. into, a, and a lot of these places that we investigate are pretty creepy because they're not in good shape. And if you're yeah. going in the dark and going into yeah. these places, there's, there's a chance that uh, you, of course, could be injured. And if you're definitely. there, then, you know, it's a good yeah. chance that you won't get any help. Yep, definitely. You know, even if it's not by a spirit, but as you say, an old building, there's more chance of, of, of injury happening. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't advise doing it on your own, probably not. Okay, we have another question. This is from uh, Sailing Cat and from the Toji, uh, the uh, Parallax chat room. Uh, have you? This is for all of us. Uh, have you ever gone to an investigation, stood at the door, and went away? Stood at the doorway and went. Oh boy, this is going to be an interesting. I can just feel it. Hmm. In other words, so you, you got to a place, you, you yeah. reached the threshold, and you look. Oh boy. This is going to be interesting. Um, Let's take it first. Who's first? I'm the oldest. I go last. No, you're wrong. I'm older than you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Stripling, you are. I'll let Ed go first. (laughs) Yeah, he's the youngest. I think think one of the the, the places that that sticks in my mind more than anywhere that I've ever done is a place called Annesley Hall uh, near Nottingham 
in the centre of England. Um, you know, a totally derelict, stately home, steeped in history, full of ghosts, and just it, it looks like a, a house from a horror film. You know, the windows are smashed, uh, partly boarded up, uh, floors missing, everything else. And I just remember standing, and it's in the middle of, you know, surrounded by trees, there's nothing else there, there's no electric, and I just remember opening the door and looking in and just seeing th- this ruin that looked like something from a nightmare and thinking this place is going to be good and and trust me it was good wow can you believe we only got two minutes left so richard you want me to take that the next yeah, one go on, man. okay uh actually one place i found that was really really interesting was um a government building that we had investigated uh in our book, uh, and I went back to visit it. And when we went to investigate it, it was pretty nasty. Uh, you don't believe in demons, but there was something really, really nasty there. Let's put it that way. And after that, the government, uh, the agency that was in it, moved out, and they sold the land, yada yada. But the building was still there, so I went back to shoot a, a picture for the book with Laura in the broad daylight, and I got to the building, and I stood at the door. And I looked, and I knew without even walking into the place that nothing had changed. It was still nasty. <laughs> yeah. Mine, very quickly, was Bodmin Jail, funnily enough, and, and the, the, the naval wing, which has got no roof on it. looks like a cathedral without a roof on it. And mm-hmm. you just stand and look through this little door into this, but all the prison cells are still there. And I thought, this is going to be a good one. And my God, was it good. It was fantastic. All right, I know we have about probably a minute left, but we have another quick question. We'll take this one from uh, the Pararex chat room. This is Charles. Another question, what are some of the biggest dangers in investigating some of the locations? And, of course, uh, as we talked about, is is definitely the condition of some of these places. Yeah, definitely the condition. Definitely the fact that, uh, that it's always in the dark as well. So more things happen when it's dark. That's true, yeah. Um, and again, it, it depends on the person. You know, they, they, if people are, are sort of frightened of things that ha- happening to them, then I, I often suggest that they, they, they don't always come on it because, um, you know, uh, it's all down to what's going on in your own mind. If you've got dark doors that uh, you don't want opening, don't come. And I think that uh, I'm going to say that one of the most uncomfortable situations I ever had, which is in the book, uh, our book, Ghost Chronicles, is that we investigate a place uh, and the client actually just got out of prison for killing someone. And he tried to get rid of me and separate Maureen and myself. And that was an uncomfortable situation. So we will just leave that one at that. So anyways, next week we have, uh, well, we want to thank you so much for coming on with us. No problem. Thank you, guys. And next week we're going to talk about hellhounds, demon hounds, Black shucks and all the stuff that go boom in the night. So till then, good night and God bless everyone. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. Cheers. From ghoulies to ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go boom in the night. Deliver us. <laughs>